Welcome to Why Are We Doing This? with me, Justin Theodore David James. On this episode, I speak with my friend Kaylin, who always inspires me with just how brave and willing she is to share about her life and her experiences. Our conversation was actually recorded months prior to this, um, but I just wasn't able to find the time or space to listen to the conversation and to edit it uh, for quite some time. I did, however, find that listening to it now was incredibly uplifting. Uh, Kaylin's words about the role that oneself plays in fulfillment and what it really feels like have given me perspective at a time that I feel I really needed it, or at least am truly benefited from it. And I also think that from what I see, a lot of those around me, that they could benefit as well. Uh, as we all know, life happens, and so it's been over a year since I have posted an episode. But I'm I'm so happy and so thankful that Kaylin will be the conversation you get to hear after such a long hiatus. There was some recording issues and some sound issues in the space that we had, uh, but it's my hope that this doesn't distract you from what Kaylin has to share. Uh, so here it is for you to enjoy, and as always, get out there all. Alright, ready? Yeah. Alright. Hi. Hi. Uh, who are you? I'm Kaylin Lee Cossey. Um Am I supposed to say my last name? Uh, do you want to share your last name? Oh, it's too late. Oh, it's right. not. It's okay. Yes, sure. Mm-hmm. How do you spell your last name? L-I capital C A-U-S-I And this is why LA Story came up for me the other day. Because in trying to spell your last name, I told myself, big L, little I, big C, and then that is basically a quote from that film. Oh. <laughs> where um, young Sex in the City, uh-huh. what's her name? Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, young Sarah Jessica Parker spells her name in a crazy way where she's like, big letter, oh. little letter, big letter, little letter, little letter, big letter, little letter. <laughs> it's very early 90s LA. Mm-hmm. Um, hi, Caitlin. Hi, Justin. Uh, first of all, how do we know each other? The YMCA. From the song? From the Y, yeah. Um, we met in a leadership class. Leadership, uh, yeah, that was a class, I guess. Leadership group. Yep. At, yeah, called STARS for the YMCA. And... Then we ran into each other at a YMCA appreciation night and drank alcohol together and made a human tent. Tent? It was like a human... Like a tunnel. Tunnel. People sleep in tents. Arch. I guess people sleep in tunnels. Arch. Arch. Human arch mm. and made the bartender crawl underneath our arch. <laughs> that sounds right. I remember all this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so through, uh, I guess our current employer, cause I have a job again. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad. I mean, so, I, yeah. Through, I mean, we didn't work together directly, but through extracurriculars no. of our organization. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it feels long ago now. Yeah. It was, was a long, long it was, yeah. When it was, was it? like two, three years ago. Was that two years, two, three years ago? Two years ago. 
Yeah, I guess only two. It feels longer, though. I don't know. But through work programs and work events, that's how we met. Yes. And, and then since we... then, carried on a friendship. Yeah. Because we were both just telling each other how much we value that friendship. Yes. Before we started recording. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I super value our friendship. I as well. <laughs> we go on talks and talk about, I don't know, religion. Yeah. All things I get talked about on this podcast, actually. Yeah. Yeah. We do it just all the time. We, we should do. constantly be recording. We should. Our conversations are pretty Maybe that's the thing. Maybe in my two years of recording a podcast that like 50 people listen to and have made seven episodes well this will be the seventh episode mm-hmm. we'll have a spinoff <laughs> just the two of us just the two of us we could sing that as the intro perfect together <laughs> wonderful <laughs> all right let's get to know you a little bit more uh first mm-hmm. Because um, from my experience, you're not one to talk about yourself a lot. Really? I'm going to try and make you talk about yourself more. So, uh, you're trying to pitch yourself for a job that you want and believe you deserve, Mm -hmm. but you can't talk about any prior experience, prior skills, or prior schooling. Hmm. How do you pitch yourself? Um, Like, do you want me to pitch myself to you as though I were pitching myself, or just describe how I would pitch myself? Everyone came first. Okay. <laughs> um, I would say sit for a job. Um, that's a good question. I would say that I am um, very outgoing and I do what is needed to get the job done. Um, I'm super determined and assertive and professional and charming. (laughs) Not sure that would help me in a job setting, but um, yeah, I might talk about all of these amazing qualities that I possess currently and not so much how I acquired them. Which one of those qualities do you think makes you the most hireable? That I am, like, willing to do what it takes to get the job done. That I get, that I get the job done. That I cross things off my list pretty efficiently. You're a doer. I'm a doer. No matter what the job was, you'd do it. Well, I mean, if my job was, like, hurtling people into gas chambers for the Holocaust... We might draw a line there. I mean, I would hopefully draw a line there. But yes. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking for a job you wanted, but... Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying, that there's... That if you if you, if you say that if it's something that you can agree with or something you believe in, you'll get it done. Um... Yeah, I think if, like, I agree with it or uh, agree with it. Yeah, I don't know about believing it. I don't really need to believe in it to, like, get it done. I think more it's just my own, um, my own sort of value system just is, like, you give me a task to do and it's my job to do that task, so I'm going to do that task. 
So it's more of a, a, a sense of motivation of like my internal value system than it has to do with the actual task at hand. So you'll get it done for the sake of getting it done. Right, because it's my job to do so. And I there has to be some sort of, um, you know, I... I agree with the work or something like that. There's got to be something that I like about it. It can't just be heartless stuff, but yeah, yes. I'd hire you. Thanks. <laughs> That's good because we work for the same company. Yeah, but I can't imagine a situation where I would be hiring you. Well, you would be hiring me. You could be my reference even though you've not seen me work. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, okay. So what about a time? So not a thing or a concept, but like an actual time you felt completely inspired. A time when I felt inspired. Mm -hmm. Not what inspired me. Um, recently, yeah, recently I went through a thing and came out of it feeling extremely inspired and just like, like, uh, light bulbs were going off. And what was it about this thing that was so inspiring? I like coming out of it. I think... It was so inspiring because it was a thing that made me realize my own strength um, and that really inspired me just to kind of know myself a little bit more, to know myself more deeply, to realize that I am super strong and I'm a survivor. Um... And I just sort of felt like I knew what my purpose was. I sort of felt like a sense of purpose in that moment. It's a pretty good segue, considering that's what we're talking about today. <laughs> sense of purpose. But before getting into that, you came upon feeling a sense of purpose through like a new perspective or discovery of your own strength. Yeah, I think it was like discovery of of sort of all the trauma that I've been through and sort of coming to terms. It was almost like you're mourning for this part of you. Like trauma can be, you know, you lose a lot. Like you can like trauma can can take things away from you, right? It takes it takes maybe comfortability or joy out of you in certain instances. So being able to just sort of mourn with that space, mourn with the space that you got something ripped uh, ripped away from you and, you know, you can like just sit there and mourn with it. You then, well, I emerged with this greater compassion for myself of just being like, you know, no wonder I am who I am today, but also it's a miracle and amazing that I am who I am today and look at who I am today. And that gave me a sense of purpose. It was like, oh, I see now 
that maybe I went through these things because now I have something to offer other people. I have something to offer other people that, you know, I came out the other end and I can offer that to other people. That's a pretty powerful experience to go through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that you got to go through it with such a positive outcome. Mm-hmm. Or at least what appears positive to me. Yeah, I think so. I think it's like unfolding little by little. Um, but it is positive. It's good to be able to, I don't know, come to terms or come, come like just have, be, be at peace with, you know, how, what, what has happened and moving forward. Yeah. You mentioned how like spending time with that piece and the self-discovery, how you just felt like you now had something to give to others. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you the question um, that's going to have the word community in it. When I say community, I mean between two people, within yourself, community in which you live, community in which you work, country, worldwide, whatever community means to you, whatever it means in this instance. What what is that contribution that you want to have to your community? Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, I want to help people through their journey of life. I've, I've seen myself go through so many different stages of life where most of the time I felt like I was drowning and like I wasn't going to come out the other end. And I feel like I'm in a space now where I've come out the other end and I just imagine myself helping other people up that ladder to encourage them to, like, continue, like, just keep going um, and inspire them to just keep um, knowing themselves. So just, like, kind of being a shepherd, just moving them along that journey? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, helping them, like, see their own potential or reach their own potential. And, like, to what degree, I guess I'm trying to think of when you say, like, keeping them moving forward and guiding them or shepherding. Like, how much do you want to be guiding where they're going or what direction they're taking? And how much do you want to be, like, just making sure that they're moving in whatever direction? Just moving. Moving in an upward fashion. I mean, like, I don't care where they're going. I think that's up to individuals. You know, you decide where you're going to go. Um, I just want to move them towards like, like a greater them or move them towards like a happier them to something that is more fulfilling for them. And what do you want the effect of that to be? So you're helping people move towards greater, more fulfilling, happier. Like what do you want that effect to be on that community? Just, I think more of this, like more of the same, like more of, <laughs> that sounds like really narcissistic. It's going to say more of me in the world, but like, yeah, it'd be great if like, you know, you sort of teach, like the, the student becomes the teacher, right? So you're guiding these other individuals who then reach a place of, of fulfillment or happiness of themselves or whatever that more... I don't even want to say pinnacle because I don't know that there's a pinnacle in life, but just a, a greater place so that they can then 
recycle it back into the community. So you're, you're sort of building like a community of, of healthier people. So a ripple effect. A ripple effect. You go and help someone who's able to help someone else who's able to help someone else. Mm -hmm. And little by little, you're healing a greater community. So you want to keep people moving forward and upward in their journey of life so that they can go do the same for others and create healthier communities. Yes. It's a pretty good driving purpose to have. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it like to hear it drilled down to that one or two sentences? <laughs> it sounds like, I don't know, so set in stone. I'm like, wait, is that really what I want? Panic. Yeah. (laughs) That's so definite. Was that the right answer? Yeah. (laughs) Was that the right answer? Hmm. Uh, Okay. Acknowledging that you probably have more than one purpose in life. Mm -hmm. We spent a whole, I don't know, 15 minutes maybe Mm -hmm. getting to that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, Thinking about that. Thinking about... That sounds like you have this purpose in keeping people moving forward in their life so that they can have that same effect on others, cause this ripple effect. And create these healthier communities. What is what's the best means of accomplishing that? How is that done? I think it. Ha- I think it is done best through personal relationships with people. Um, I think, I think you can m- most impact someone's life by developing a personal relationship with them. So I don't think that I can necessarily touch everybody in my community, but I feel like I can touch certain people who then can go on and touch other people and so on and so forth. So it's best means is through, sounds like one-on-one interaction, one-on-one influence. I think so. Because people just want to be heard. And people are only heard when there's someone listening and not talking. And I think that's impactful. Uh, just because I'm curious, what what is better listening? How can people better listen? Mm, like doing what you did, which is like feeding back to me what I said. Not necessarily giving feedback, but acknowledging what someone else said. And maybe responding to how that might be making the other person feel. Like, oh, so I hear you're saying this. That sounds like it feels like this. I think that's how I feel heard. Is when somebody else acknowledges what I say and then acknowledges how it makes me feel. I think that's great. (laughs) Good job. See what I did there? I did. That's feedback. Mm -hmm. The opposite. We don't get it. We can keep moving forward. Okay, so the, the, the best way to go about achieving that, keeping people moving forward and upward so that they can cause a ripple effect and heal communities is by personal interactions focused on listening and making those people feel heard with a focus on how they're feeling. Yes. Is this... I mean, just thinking about this, like... Is that something you think that can be done just on a social basis and, you know, on a workplace basis? Like how, 
What does the form of that get sent out into the world? Well, I think it's best done in, in small groups um, of individuals, like a friends group or a family group or even, I guess, a work group. Um, that would be difficult in a in a broader scheme. But that's kind of why I'm a fan of the one-on-one stuff because, again, you're, you're taking your immediate community and working with that specific set of group. Or that doesn't, that's not correct English. Does that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. There's no right answer. Okay. I mean, maybe there is, but I'm not going to tell you if you got it right or wrong. That's... Why? Why not? <laughs> so how it's best done is in groups or one-on-one, basically smaller focused um, sets of people. How does that compare to either what you're currently doing or what you're working towards doing next? So say it again. So for this purpose mm. of continuing others onward and upward in their journeys mm-hmm. so that they can get to a place where they can help others to do so, to create healthier communities, mm-hmm. that the fact that that's best done through one-on-one interaction and making mm-hmm. people feel heard, mm-hmm. how does that relate to either what you are currently doing or what you are working towards doing in the future? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It relates to both, both of those. Um, I think what I'm currently doing is I lead a team and I make it a point to connect with each one of those people individually and hear how they're doing maybe in their lives. And if they're going through something that I relate to, then I can offer, offer like sympathy, um, or encouragement, like, Oh, I've been there and here's how I got out of it. Or you can do it. Cause I did that too. I totally relate. Um, so I think interacting with people like that, I like to listen to people. So I think that people will often just like gush to me about whatever they need to gush about. And I kind of get that that is like a process. I mean, that's a thing that people need to do. They need to like vent. So I like let people vent and I just let them talk without really offering necessarily a whole lot of advice. Sometimes I offer advice or more than sometimes I offer advice, but... (laughs) Um, and then, of course, I'm working towards being a therapist, and that's what people pay therapists to do. I mean, yeah, like, my initial thoughts, without assuming, is that, like, therapist falls right in line with what we talked about so far. Mm-hmm. Um, have you, like, what, I guess first to clarify, like, what level of therapy practice have you done so far? Like with my, for myself? Yeah. Or in for others as in the position of therapist? Um, more so, again, just in my personal relationships or my work relationships, being mindful and wanting to, like, let people talk. 
and just sort of realize that that's a process all on its own. Like, I don't necessarily need to add anything to what someone's saying or give them advice, but like sometimes just letting them talk, you can see people working out their own things, you know, and getting over their own, like figuring out their own answers themselves without me really giving any input. So that's something I actively um, am cognizant about doing is just letting people talk and just sitting there and listening and offering empathy, which I think uh, is something that I'm good at. And when you're doing that, do you feel, and to what level do you feel like a sort of fulfillment? I think that, and this is where the spirituality comes in for me. I see spirituality as being connections with living things. I feel spiritual in moments when I'm connecting with humans and when I'm connecting with nature. And I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that there is an energy between living things and that is so fulfilling for me. So when somebody is able to like, you know, sort of connect with me on that level, I just, I feel it. I feel this, uh, this energy. I feel energy when people touch me, you know, you touch my feet, like I'll go get like pedicures just for the human contact. Or when I'm getting my hair done, you know, people, the, the, the stylist will like wash your hair. And even in that, I'm just, um, I value that connection in a non-creepy or sexual way. But there's just something very uh, fulfilling from human connection. So you've described that and other fulfillments as like spiritual for you. It feels spiritual. So is all that kind of fulfillment spiritual is there is there other things that you feel that are spiritual that are not fulfilling that are something different no no not at all so for you like fulfillment and spirituality come at the same time or are the same thing or heavily related only i think when it relates to connection with other living things Cause I can be fulfilled, like just all in my own self, which I suppose, yeah, I, I suppose that fulfillment, that fulfilling feeling is spiritual, but it's more than just fulfillment. It's like, I, cause I used to be really religious. And so when I was really religious and I worshiped Jesus, um, there was this feeling that I had this like spiritual feeling, like there was something, um, uh, super, not superhuman, but just like non-human that was in the space. And I feel that in human connections and in nature, and I guess in fulfillment, I can, I can still feel that same exact feeling without it being convoluted with organized religion. So you felt it in different aspects, but fulfillment is one of those aspects where it reaches the point where you feel that spirituality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How does the feeling of when your spirituality was connected to Jesus, and I'm assuming an organized religion in that case, compared to this fulfillment spirituality? Like, are they, is it just exactly that same feeling? It's just coming from different sources? Yeah, sort of. Sort of, yeah. Um, very similar feelings, but very, very different um, in the sense that in organized religion, you know, you chalk up the feeling to being God. 
this feeling is God that I'm feeling. That is who is creating this feeling. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just human. You know, I'm sinful human. This feeling is a different entity that I'm feeling. Versus taking God out of the picture and sort of realizing that it is you. It's not God that I'm feeling. It feels like this energy that is me and that is within me. So it's a little bit more of an empowering place because I'm not chalking it up to someone else or some other entity. I'm saying this is a energy that's within me and, and my connection with other living things. I mean, not to say that it's just internal, external, but it's the fact that it's your ownership. It's part of you. It's not something you're receiving, but it's actually part of who you are. Right. And you're just tapping into it in that moment. Right. And I think after this thing, I think after this thing that I did that, that got me to that place, I first was starting to say, oh, it was very super, superhuman or supernatural sort of experience. And then I just sort of realized like, no, that's not superhuman. That's just human. And humans are connected and there is this spiritual energy um, that is within life. And that's what you're helping people connect to. That's your ripple. When you're helping people along their journey so they can influence others, you want that connection to happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just continue the the touching, the connection with other humans and other living things to reach this higher uh, place of unity and fulfillment. How often do you get to be in a situation to where you're feeling that? Well, I try to, well, again, I think I try to foster those moments um, often I do a lot of things that where I'm with other people and connecting to other people or connecting with nature. So I'll intentionally go to yoga with that intention. I'm in this room with all these other people and we're breathing heavily and we have these intentions that we brought with us. And to me, that's connecting to other human beings. Even though I'm not talking to these other people, we are experiencing this thing together. Or I'll go salsa dancing. Salsa dancing, I'm I'm dancing with like so many different people, connecting with them on on this uh, weird intimate level, um, and that feels connected. Or I'll go hiking because that feels connected. Or, you know, yeah, it's just all in 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 relationships. It's all in, and those and those are things like I guess I guess yoga and salsa are ways in which I which ways in which I get that fulfillment for myself. Um, but then there's the connecting with people one-on-one and you know, that's, that's maybe it's not necessarily all about me and my fulfillment. But also when you're, when you're at yoga and you're feeling that connection of being with those other people, Mm -hmm. you're also adding to the fact that there are other people Mm -hmm. there. Mm Mm-hmm. So who's to say that you're not part of that feeling for the others? And salsa dancing, my understanding is it takes two people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. your comment on like you're doing it for you, but mm-hmm. is it even possible to only be giving that to yourself and not mm-hmm. at least another person at the same time? Like yeah. if you're feeling a connection, mm-hmm. that means the other person is a part of that, right? Yeah, it does. 
<laughs> so especially around, like you mentioned that you're working on becoming a therapist. Mm-hmm. What got you to the point of now of to where that's the goal? That's what we're working towards. I just feel that, that it, that it suits me. I feel strongly that it is something that suits me. If I think about what I'm the best at, um, and then what would also feel fulfilling for me, it's a place where I'm counseling other people or coaching other people. Um, I think that I'm good at the, at that sort of like level of relationship with other people. I feel like I'm good at imparting, um, I don't know, help or helping other people being in sort of a supportive role in that sense. Um, I just think it, I think it super suits me. As someone who's been in, you know, work situations with you and as we discussed, just now a friend with you, it does, you were very good at, at what you want to do already. Mm-hmm. Um, so I appreciate you going down that path so that you can help others. Mm-hmm. How did you get to the point where you knew it suited you? Like, was there like one moment? Did this happen slowly over time? How did you know? Like, you're right, mm-hmm. but how do you get to the point of knowing that it suits you? Um. Well, I think it definitely happened slowly over time. I mean, in high school, I was sort of interested in the idea of pursuing psychology and thinking about being a therapist, and then I started doing therapy. Uh, myself going to my own therapy where I was like, oh yeah, this is really awesome. I really like the idea of that. Um, And the more and more I just began to pursue it and the more and more I did my own therapy, I sort of um, realized, and, and also just the more and more I got to know myself, I just sort of eventually came to a conclusion of like, no, this is what I want to do. I think I've, I think I too like have tried continuously to stray away from this like, it's like, this is, feels like what I'm being pulled towards or what I would be best at, but I keep wanting to stray away because being a therapist or being a social worker isn't the most lucrative career. So it's always a matter of like, oh, well, should I really be investing in this? Is this really a good idea when I maybe could go be a doctor or surgeon or something and make way more money in that sense? Um, but even like, even with those like doubts and feeling like, oh, maybe I should try something else. I always just come right back here as being like, this just feels like it suits who I am and my strengths and my personality. It feels like I have this to offer the the world the most. And I think through the journey of my trauma, that has become even more, more apparent because that just is like more of a confirmation that I have what it takes to, 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 to be this. It's interesting. Cause you're talking about, <clears throat> you're talking about how in a logical way, it might not be the right decision, right? Mm-hmm. You're saying you can be more lucrative, make more money is doing all these other professions, mm-hmm. but there was something besides logic pulling you in. Mm-hmm. And then you used logic to explain it. Like, you had to give it logic. Like it didn't like, even though logic said do something else, the, you know, intuition, passion, fulfillment, spirituality, whatever it is, was pulling you towards this and you're aware of it. But then to accept it, you still needed to apply a logical reasoning to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I guess the focus on that more so is the fact that it's not logical. Mm-hmm. 
but despite not being logical, you can't get away from it. Mm-hmm. No. No. Uh, what do you need next to get closer to fulfilling or to getting to a place of achieving that fulfillment, helping other people in the way you've described sooner, more often? What do you need? I need a master's degree. It's <laughs> <laughs> fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And well on your way. Yes. Yeah. Here's a question. Mm-hmm. What errand or chore would you most likely pay someone else to do? Grocery shopping. I do, in fact, pay someone else to do it for me. Like with like an app? Yeah. I order my groceries on Instacart and have them delivered to my front door. My front door. Every time? Yeah. What is it about grocery shopping? The crowds, the parking. Mm-hmm. Isn't there other things you have to park for? Or no, is that it? Just work, home. Yeah, but there's not like crowds that you have to navigate through. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. No, I was I'm I was thinking of I mean because you don't have to go to a laundromat, right? No. So I don't have to go there. No. That's it's my least favorite crowd. And my least favorite chore. Laundry. Fine. Laundry. See, I don't mind laundry, but it is like right downstairs. That's helpful. Yeah. So just crowds. That's the reason. Yeah. Crowds and it takes a long time. Like it's a huge chunk of my time spent in line looking for shit. I think we have different grocery store experiences. We do. We must. I like go to self-checkout and like bing, bing, bing. Robot voice yells at me. Mm-hmm. Take your items. I'm like. Or no, it's the card thing. It's like, have you entered your mm-hmm. card? And it's like, I just swiped my first item, haven't even put it on the scale yet. Like, <laughs> calm down, robot. Safeway. <laughs> I just recently used self-checkout and was like, oh, this was pretty cool. Had you not done it before? Mm-mm. Welcome. I'm always, I'm always afraid of doing room. it, but I it's easy. I guess you're always ordering your groceries, so you wouldn't need to. Well, I am now. You are doing self-checkout. You're self-checking, self-checking on Instacart. Mm-hmm. This is our... Um, plug for Instacart. Yeah. Needed groceries delivered. Instacart. Instacart. That's probably their tagline, right? Yeah. yeah. I find that the deliveries are better and more accurate when you have a paid yearly subscription. Oh. So you think the they give like the subscriber orders to like the more tenured Instacarters? It seems that way. Probably pays better a little bit. Maybe. Honestly, give it to the mm-hmm. people with good ratings. Mm-hmm. I did, um, while I was looking for a job, I did DoorDash. Yeah. Which is like delivery from restaurants and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Oh. It's all of the worst things at once. Oh, man. It's like driving while looking at your phone, making sure you're in the right place. It's parking. It's Picking up food from a restaurant, which is terrifying to begin with, mm-hmm. but then you can't really look at the food to make sure it's right. Mm-hmm. That's driving to someone's door you don't know and knocking on it, and often <laughs> you're not quite sure it's the right place, and then it's giving them an order that's like now cold and <laughs> you're afraid might be wrong, but you can't look at the food so you're not sure. I'm surprised you did that job. When you need money, <laughs> you'll do things. <laughs> I knew it, but I learned it. Yeah. (laughs) 
real good. Uh, if you got fired from your job right now, what would you do? I don't even mean, like, what job would you get? I mean, just, like, what would you do? Um, I would definitely, like, go get drunk. Probably. I mean, likely. That's what I would do <laughs> first. Step one, get step, drunk. Step one, get drunk. Step um, two. Step two, I would look for jobs immediately. What and how would you look for jobs? I would first reach out to people that I knew to see if they had openings. And then I would look on Craigslist for like different jobs. Yeah, for sure. That was the last thing I did was connect with people. Was so I'm happy to hear it would be the first thing you did. It was the first thing I should have done. <laughs> Apparently it's the only way anyone gets a job. Yes, when you know people. Is when you know people. Yeah. That's what I quickly learned. That's... Well, no, too slowly learned, I guess. I mean, unless you want to start entry level. I started entry level at the Y and then slowly got to know people and then slowly moved. So who knows what would happen if you got an entry job somewhere else and got to know those people. Mm-hmm. But it does sound like in your current job, you get to exercise some of those skills that you receive that spirituality from. I do. Having empathy with people, connecting with people, having empathy, being aware that we're all in different places and different stages. Where does that opportunity come from in your current job? What do you mean? To have that empathy. Or can anyone have it at any point in any job? Or it sounded like you implied that your current job, you have that opportunity to practice that. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm the person that people come to for answers. So often it's, you know, people come into my office, the door shuts and people are in tears. Um, you know. Seeking out empathy. It's interesting. The more we talk about what you do and what fulfills you, the more I'm perceiving it as something that relates to your upbringing within religion. To be the person that people come to when they're in need. Mm -hmm. To be the one that's shepherding people along their journey. Mm -hmm. Is my perception. Mm-hmm. Of well, what a religious upbringing exposes you to. Well, I, but I don't have a religious upbringing. I wasn't, we weren't religious growing up. Religion is something I dove into in high school as a way of escaping the chaos that was in my home life. And so, so I dove into it like as an adolescent, but I think like for sure I did it because I needed stability in my life, but it's right on, it's right along the same, like, I don't know. It's, um, there's similarities like what you were mentioning. And I almost feel like it was just a sort of a shadow of what was to come. Like, of course I gravitated towards that. And that was great for me and fulfilling because really now here I am, you know, 15 years later or something, and I'm still headed towards that same sort of path. So I think I was always, 
it feels again very sort of destiny driven which i don't necessarily believe in destiny but it just seems pretty hard to argue against at this point mm-hmm. you're certainly on a path that's called to you over and over again mm-hmm. i think so it's, it's hard to ignore when it keeps coming up well thank you for sharing uh, now's a chance where you can plug something, anything you want. You can shout out a person if you think there's an organization or a cause people should know about. All 52 people that listen to this. <laughs> um, no, I would just say that um, everybody should go see a therapist. So that might be the answer to my next question. So my last question is, I always frame it. In a very grim way, which is that you're going to die someday. Mm-hmm. Whatever happens next, like you are going to die. What is the one thing you want to tell the most people before that happens? Um, just... Um, I don't know. I guess that's hard. That's a hard one. I mean, therapy is what I tell most people all the time anyway. Like most people, when they ask me, Kaylin, what should I do? I say, go, get, go, you should see a therapist. That's not what I want to plug though. I'm uh, going to die. What do I want to say? Um, I guess don't let anyone stand in your way of your own happiness. And I say that because I truly believe that when people are happy, they have something to give to others as well. So don't let anyone stand in your way of being happy or your own happiness, like pursue your own happiness because you're also like, not only will you be fulfilled, but you're also going to make other people, you're going to be able to help other people. Thanks, Cameron. Thanks, Justin. Bye, everyone. Bye. To have a dream, a GPS in your heart, a path to follow.